Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from Western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Oh, uh, hi. My name is Emerson Reinhardt. I'm from the Dendros Reach, a little town outside of the branches. It's called Parvigan. Oh, no, 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 it's okay. It, it makes sense if you haven't heard of it. It's it's pretty small. I grew up with my parents, hunting in the surrounding forest. I'm pretty good with a bow, even if my human eyes can't see very well at night. A few years ago, I left the town. I had an opportunity to put my knowledge of poisons and antidotes to good use. My parents were nervous, but as much as I love home, I wanted to see what the rest of the world looked like. A lot has happened since then. Unfortunately, I can only remember about half of it. But I have friends now, and hopefully we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. Probably. In the meantime, I'm learning more about myself. Or, I guess, my connection to the Earth. Did you know druids could turn into wolves? My friends call me Wolferson when I do it. <laughs> right now, we're just trying to figure out our next steps. Reunite with family. Learn more about what happened at the Mantle. Who knows? Maybe I'll earn a few more names along the way. Class is in session, and today we're talking about some Dungeons and & Dragons and tabletop RPGs. As always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university streamer and teacher of numbers, Miss Min- Miss Mindy Kins from Twitter. How's it going, Mindy? Yeah, it's going pretty good. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. I know. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I absolutely, I have to say, I adore your posts on Twitter asking for ver- for people to submit various things or like funny things that have happened. <laughs> Love reading the reactions. Um, there's and some, just... yeah, there's some wild stuff that's happened in uh, <laughs> some games than you know, as somebody who yeah. has played but hasn't DM, there's a lot of stuff to learn and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it's always hilarious to see what comes out of a camp like campaigns. Oh yeah. Um and how incredibly different everyone's campaigns are. Uh yes. <laughs> it's always part of the fun. It's part of the fun what craziness people come up with and have to deal with. It is. And and it doesn't even matter if you have the same people in a campaign. The next campaign can mm-hmm. be entirely different. Oh, yeah. Uh, just with different characters, well, we will definitely have to share some of our crazier memories. Or yes. our crazier m- favorite moments from our yes. previous campaigns. <laughs> but before we dive into those hilarious moments, where I'd love to hear kind of how you got started with the hobby, with tabletop RPGs and... Uh, your nerdy uh, history. So it's kind of funny. So I actually, <laughs> so once upon a time, I did a lot of play by post uh, role playing writing and a friend, a good friend that I wrote with started getting really into critical role. 
And she kept, yeah, and she kept telling me about this and was talking about how awesome it was. And this went on for months until finally Mm -hmm. she was like, hey, why don't I DM a game for you and a few other people? And I kid you not, I made her promise that she would not be upset with me if I hated it and didn't want to do it anymore. That's how (laughs) sure I was that I wasn't going to like it because, you know, you you just Mm -hmm. until you like really dive in. In, like you don't really know what it's like no um and uh, i started playing and you know i never looked back <laughs> <laughs> so yeah my first character was a bard she was a stereotypical bard but my friend knew that i enjoyed music so she was like why don't you just lean into that and you don't even have to have like a voice or an accent or anything and and halfway through even that campaign I got a I transitioned to a different character that was like full on accent, had a cool backstory. And it was just so, yeah, I hopped. I jumped pretty. I jumped. I jumped. I dipped my toe and then I jumped in the deep end pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. You stuck your toe in and then you realize, oh, that's it's not shallow. You just fall yeah. flat face first. Absolutely. Into it. I, it's <laughs> it's funny how you mention it. It's the unknown of what you're getting into. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed when trying to explain to my friends or trying to recruit them to play a game or try it out. It's just like, I, I don't know how to play. I don't know what to do. And it's like, you could say you could, it's, you really can do pretty much anything you want, but just saying that it's so nebulous. Right. You don't, and, you don't really get it until you're playing until yeah. you're really like, trying some things out and digging into it yourself even reading Mm -hmm. the rules was that was just a lot when i first started that was too much that made my brain explode (laughs) yeah and it's daunting when you look it's like how many books oh there's a monster book and a Mm -hmm. a, a player book and there's other books that have different classes it's like where do i even begin it's like don't worry about it just i'll make you a character and get going it but it can be daunting from the outside but once you start playing and you realize oh i really can kind of do whatever i want and seeing that progression of people and new players realizing well i'm gonna i'm gonna try and stretch my toe a bit further and what if i I do this what would happen yes yes and that's so exciting i was saying that's that's really exciting anytime i get to play with players new players um especially when i'm sharing the table with them it's so cool to see you know, the starting the start of a campaign where there's a little uncertainty. They're not really sure what they're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. They're not really sure what they should do. And then you get, you know, 10, 15 sessions in and they're just trying random stuff. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's it's cool. It's exciting to see. It's exciting to see people kind of poke their head out of a shell and mm-hmm. say, OK, well, what what can I do here? Yeah. I uh I play a I play a character in one game a week and then I DM another game. Mm-hmm. And with the game I run, a lot of the players were kind of new or returning to the game. My fiance being one of mm-hmm. them. So it it was very kind of like you mentioned, kind of timid. I don't quite know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But then a yes. few weeks in, like I would be running to go grab a drink and I would hear the party kind of strategizing, like talking yes. about how they're going to hit. And yes. that made me feel so good. Like when you start hearing characters, your players have conversation about, out of game. 
yeah, how am I going to do this? How, how do we want to tackle this? Or how or how are we going to approach this yep. situation? It's like, oh, you get it. You get it. That's when that's when, you know, <laughs> that's when, you know, you got them hook, line and sinker. Um, now, you mentioned Critical Role and admittedly, mm-hmm. Uh, Critical Role, I jumped into during the pandemic because I had way too much time on. Well, I had all the time on my hands. Same. So, yeah, I am. Did you start with campaign one or campaign? I started with campaign two because I remember and this is the best part. My friend actually Mm -hmm. let me listen to a session and it was mid campaign. I didn't know what was going on. I had Mm -hmm. no like no concept of anything in the game. She was laughing, having a great old time, but I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't, you're, you're doing stuff mm-hmm. and you seem to be enjoying it. Um, but I did jump in a little after campaign two started and I, I followed a little loosely. I do like little mm-hmm. pockets where I'd watch or listen to a lot of it. And then I would go a couple of weeks without listening. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I know a few things from the first season, mostly because as I played a bard, that was who she referred me to. She referred me to Scanlan. Scanlan, uh, yes. Um, as like an example. Uh, so I had a little bit of reference. I knew about mm. the really emotional scenes because that's why I play D&D is for the feels. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I definitely got into Critical Role more second season. Mm-hmm. What about I'm, you? Uh, I jumped in campaign one. I wanted to go from the beginning and mm-hmm. I'm like, Four episodes away from the end of <gasps> campaign one. Oh gosh! And I'm like, oh man. Oh, and oh, then man. you got a whole new campaign. I know. And then <laughs> with totally Unlimited. different characters. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. I'm like, I'm anxious to see how I will v- like the new characters compared to the old cast because I'm in love with like everyone from the current cast or like the current the current character, of like the party composition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm anxious to see what I think of everyone in campaign two. Can't wait. Um, and then later this summer, we'll hear some details on campaign three. Like, that's yeah. the one I'm going to be like, I am going to watch that like weekly. I want to have the feeling of seeing a new episode of Critical Role. Yeah, there's something really cool about it. Like mm-hmm. I said, there were pockets where I was doing it weekly and. I don't know. There was just something exciting. Usually, yeah. like it was typically during the summer when I could stay up a little bit later because time zones, y'all. But- oh, it's rough. And for us, <laughs> for us in Eastern, it is rough. It's rough, you know. Um, but even even being able to watch like half of it one day and then listen to the other half, like mm-hmm. as I'm going to work or in the morning. Uh, yeah, there was something cool about being able to like keep up with it. Yeah. Too. I want to have that experience where like the big cliffhanger episodes where it's like, oh, oh, oh holy moly. How is how are they going to get out? have to wait a week. <laughs> yeah. And not be able to just look, see like two episodes ahead and that yeah. all the characters are at the table. It's like, well, is obviously every, everybody still someone alive? doesn't die, you know, or if they um, did. They came back with new characters. So there's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's I'm very excited for all that, but. I, I, I'm just so excited and I'm like nervous with how they're going to end it. Uh, campaign one. Well, um, I will. I will give you no spoilers. I, I appreciate the. I, I hope you I enjoy it. That. I, I, I am sure I shall. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I will. But um, we kind of touched on this. So what's been kind of when you think D&D, what's like a hilarious moment that sticks out in your mind, like a memory from a game? 
So from a player perspective, um, there's one moment that there's a couple, there's a lot of moments, but in my very Mm -hmm. first campaign, my very first character, um, uh, we were in a volcano and Oh, I already love where this is going. There (laughs) There was a long space that needed to be jumped across, jumping over some lava. And my sweet bard was not super strong and could not make the jump and uh, didn't have any spells uh, that would were super helpful. And so she just kind of asked the fighter to, like, throw her over. And, you know, we sh- I think the, the fighter had... Um, the maybe the belt of dwarven kind i that, that mm-hmm. i might be mistaken but something that gave her that give her strength a boost i inspired her she rolled a natural one she literally just had to roll a two <laughs> and so my oh. feet melted off and um i had webbed toes for for a few sessions and my movement speed was a cut we had the, you know the fun yeah. parts of it but it was this whole thing this whole big lead up of okay we're gonna we're gonna minimize all all Minimize the possibility of this becoming a terrible, terrible mm-hmm. tragedy. And we did everything we could, but dang nabbit, that natural one. <laughs> yeah. I I I hate getting natural ones, but at the same time, it's like I think the best stories happen yes. when you get a natural one. Yeah. When there's a nat one involved. Gotta enjoy those low rolls. Have fun with it. Okay, you did a terrible job. Tell me why. Yeah. I'll tell you why. (laughs) Tell me how badly I just messed things up, please. (laughs) How badly did I mess it up? And please tell me why, because that Mm -hmm. sometimes is the real is the real kicker. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember in one campaign, this was years ago, I was some sort of magic caster. I don't remember what it was, but we were like in a knoll stronghold filled Mm -hmm. with traps and everything. And I was with this individual who was essentially a Pokemon trainer. So he had like a bag that he stored creatures in that he kind of threw out. Okay. Well, he had a bear. So I was like, throw your bear out to trigger all these traps for us. Uh Uh-huh. And to kind of mess and scare the... Knolls uh, and kind of kobolds in it. Sure. I cast like illusionary fire on it. So okay. this angry, pissed off bear that looked like he was on fire, just oh, setting off traps, barreling basically the cafeteria of these knolls in this knoll base, just <laughs> freaking and tearing dudes to pieces. But it was, it was just like this on fire, glowing bear, angry yeah. bear. <laughs> like it moments like that. Where is yeah. that going to happen anywhere else? I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> The, the the spur of the moment, brilliant, often stupid decisions that make make the memories. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I also remember I was in a session where um, we um, were trying to somebody some we needed something on a roof mm-hmm. and somebody cast something to get on the roof, but then didn't have a spell to get back down. And so someone else was like, well, I'll just climb the roof. And we're like, how do we get down from the roof? How do we, we spent 15, this was like our door. Mm-hmm. This was like oh, 15, yeah. 20 yep. minutes. And then someone finally in the party was like, can I look around for a ladder? <laughs> you see a ladder. Yep. To, to, yeah. You know, it's the, it's the little things. And those moments are, you know, they, they don't necessarily, they, <laughs> They add a lot of character opportunities, some mm-hmm. character moments, but like they're just fun. Yeah. And 
Ugh, they're so good. <laughs> it, it's when something is so obvious that it's not even considered. Because I, I had a very similar situation in a game in the game I'm currently running. Like they mm-hmm. had to drop down to the sewers, but it was a a ways drop. So they like just jumped down, and they were having they were like, "I'm going to tie a grappling hook around this <laughs> hole and just lower her down." And I was like, okay, go ahead. And when sure. they got there, I was like, you turn around and you see the ladder leading up. It's oh like, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's like, you didn't check for a ladder. And don't get me wrong. Those moments hilarious. are cool too, because then the character's oh, yeah. like, yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't want a ladder. I'm, this is much cooler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to do that. I mean, uh, but the, so you get like the, the drama and the comedy all at once. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. It's the perfect melding. Uh, Emily uh, Rose Jacobson I had on uh, recently or recorded recently, and she summed up what Dungeons and Dragons and what like tabletop RPGs are perfectly. It's like if someone asks you, what is it like a tabletop RPG? Like, what's the draw? It's like you and your friends sit down and craft a story only you can tell. Oh, that's kind of beautiful. I kind of love that. Yeah. In a nutshell, that's exactly what you do. Yeah. You craft a story. It's collaborative storytelling, and because you are the ones telling the story, you're the only ones that can tell it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. It's so much better than being like, well, you can like literally do whatever you want. Yeah. So more poetic. It, it, it Right? That's the answer I'm going to start giving people. But I know. Well, that's why <laughs> Emily is a creative producer at G4. So, uh, you know. You know, that makes sense, I guess. You know, it, checks out. Yeah. <laughs> she's earned a, She's earned the place. But, um. But no, so an interesting thing is, uh, well, I guess not necess- not necessarily interesting, I suppose. I mean, it's very cool. Um, but you are a teacher and you had mentioned or you've mentioned that there's like a D&D club or something. Yeah. At your school, right? Yeah. So we started we had a D&D club. Uh, it started uh, two two three years ago. Uh, some students actually. Uh, approached uh, our librarian and they were like, hey, we want to do this club. And uh, and they were like, OK, cool, <laughs> sure. But um, actually, it may not have been the library. I don't remember who it was exactly, but they kind of ran it themselves, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. from what I heard, because that was around the time when I was starting to really get into it. So I was always like asking them like, okay, like, what are you playing though? Like what characters are you playing? Mm -hmm. And from what I gathered, because it was a student led game um, and the student had maybe a little bit of experience, but not like a whole, whole lot of experience. And they are, they're middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't get very far in the game. I think the character creation itself took a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. But since then, you know, Teachers have started DMing. So I've actually I've actually played at a table with uh, some sweet middle schoolers. And I've also DM'd mm-hmm. uh, and we have gotten better at refining the character creation process because that is I mean, anybody that's anybody that's tried to help somebody create a new character, even with something like D and D beyond that's that it really helps facilitate that process. Oh yeah. It's a lot. And there's a lot to explain. Oh yeah. And for the, for most of us, for the teachers that were a part of it, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of students with experience. So we were, (laughs) it was a, it was like a, it was a two hour 
process at least. Mm -hmm. Um, But we eventually, uh, one of the teachers came up with a PowerPoint that was basically, okay, what kind of care? Do you want to hit things? Do you want to kick things? Do you want to have a sword? Do you want to do the magic? Um, Mm -hmm. And that was kind of where we got started with them. And then, you know, then, oh, I, they are a delight. My very first, when I played at the table, I played with a bard. And this bard's name was DJ Drizzle <laughs> and DJ Drizzle um, was a changeling and their song, their, their, first of all, their uh, instrument of choice was a kazoo. Their song of choice was all star by smash mouth. So I love it. Yep. Great character. <laughs> um, love it already. But yeah, it was uh, you know, and with middle schoolers, you get a you get a wide range. You get some kids that are just joining because their friends are joining and they want a place to hang out. And you get some that are trying to play it more like a video game. And mm-hmm. you got some that are really into the role play or think they want to be into the role play, but they're also scared. So, yeah, it's it's really cool. And it's, it's interesting to see how they all kind of piece together. When mm-hmm. I DM'd, I had a very mixed group. <laughs> um. You know, I had a student that very interested in role play, wanted to do really creative things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone who just wanted to hit all of the things. Uh, <laughs> and yes. Uh, and then, you you know, the people that sit down in the middle of combat. What would you like to do this round? I just want to sit down. Oh, OK. That that is an action. I it's half your I don't uh sure, you know? Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Everyone gets tired some days. Yeah, like, you just I, you need some, I need a nap. You know, you fight this person, they're fine. They've only almost killed half the party. I'm just gonna sit down for a second. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, there's as much excitement as there is in my, you know, adult T and D games, the Middle school D and D games are—they're uh, a whole different, a whole different beast. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet you. Uh, though I will admit, you should try the whole sitting down in combat uh, strategy sometime. I think I will in, in your main game, just like, to see what yeah, happens. You know, guys, I've just had a really long day. I'm just uh, really I'm tired. Just sit down for a second. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna just take a short rest right here in combat. You know, yeah, you know, just, just, yeah. just. No. Pretend I'm not here. It's fine. Yeah, you you have it handled. I believe in you. Here, boom. Here's an inspiration for you. You're welcome. There you go. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm. It. It's so cool. It's now at least for me. Me and uh, I imagine for you as well. We. I wasn't around for the whole D and D like the demon scare of like the seventies. No. Uh. So it's so cool to see how tabletop role-playing games and D&D is being kind of adopted in schools, like you mentioned, with, um, like, I know it's kind of touching on critical role, but they did this whole thing creating, like, writing rooms and, like, creative writing rooms and, uh, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. a charity with that. It's... Yeah. What... I feel like one of the biggest losses as you get older is the removal... Or uh, the lack of rewarding creativity as, like, you grow up. Yeah. Everything is very, 
You got to be serious. You got to take things seriously. Things are important. To get done X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Exactly. Like your imagination is for kids, you know, things like that. And it's my imagination helped me through so many, like, like so many hardships. Yeah. I can't imagine my life not being a creative or retaining my imagination and being able to think of crazy worlds or these magical characters. So I seeing schools have D&D clubs and things like that. It gives me so much hope that it and I think it is it's becoming far more commonplace to stretch those creative muscles again yeah and reward creativity and encourage it with through this means or in other means but just and to not ridicule as much yeah I feel for yeah. being creative absolutely I think the other element that that I really noticed um with the students that I played with um, was they got a chance to be creative. They got a chance for, like you said, that creativity to be rewarded. And like, it was, it was, it was something that regardless of what you chose to do, something Mm -hmm. cool was going to happen. But they also had an opportunity once we, once we got going, um, some players, I feel like had an opportunity to explore some of the like emotions and Mm -hmm. some feelings. And um, I remember in particular, there was one character who uh, one student who had developed a relationship, had developed a, like a kind of mentorship respect relationship with an NPC. And they had this conversation about, uh, she was going to do everything she could for the party. And this NPC was like, I believe in you. I trust you. I'm proud of you. And she got, she got emotional. She was, she, Mm -hmm. she felt it. And I think doing, being able to do that in a safe place, um, obviously there's a lot of benefits to, uh, TTRPGs. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, those two are probably the the biggest ones, that creative aspect and that that freedom to really explore things and, and do so in a way that is, you know, celebrated rather than mm-hmm. uh, ridiculed. And then also give people an opportunity to explore emotions that they may not have a place to otherwise. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or be who they want to be or kind of yeah yeah kind a safe space to also teach that like without uh stark consequences or something but like that actions do have consequences and to kind of (laughs) that that you might have good intentions but things might still go wrong and it's not necessarily bad like being able to teach these important lessons especially to uh, to younger children yeah. and younger individuals as they're I mean on the precipice of the one of the biggest changes they'll go through in their entire life with the puberty and emotions yep. and everything going on being able to in a safe and creative way let them explore and test boundaries and just see kind of teach them lessons without forcing him in his throat and is like, no, you have to be on time or you have to do right. this. You have to do that. Be like, you missed the carriage that was carrying 
uh, the thief because you did X. Yeah. You decided to go to the store instead. Then it's like, oh man, you're right. I shouldn't have gone off shopping when I was trying to tail X person or trying to get someplace on time. Yeah. But it's not, you're not, uh, you're not, there's not belittling, belittling, but right. It's, like, it's a, it's like a, it's like a safe lesson. Yeah. So we actually, our very first, it wasn't our only, but our very first character death. Cause we did have a couple, well, that's not the very first. The first one was someone really didn't believe in consequences and was given multiple, like, if you do this, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And just it just wasn't just didn't want to. That student also, as soon as their character died, immediately said, well, no, I'm just going to put Junior here and I have a new character. Mm-hmm. But our first uh, more and that was in the very first session, but our first like meaningful like, oh, my gosh, we had we were all a little. Oh, no. Had some feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the character's death was potentially avoidable. It was a very it was a case of there was some treasure we were trying to find and there was a giant frog attacking everybody and people were trying to get to the treasure. Mm -hmm. And and of course, you know, it's a game and the character, the the player themselves, they were fine. They were they were actually a little upset, but but they were fine. But we got to keep playing with it after. And Mm -hmm. I felt like. Even through that, even through this make-believe character death and and mm-hmm. the choices and consequences, we were actually able to kind of explore some empathy. Um, mm-hmm. And that was cool. I think it's I think it shocked them a little bit that yeah, they it, felt that they that they started to feel a little guilty because they were like, wait a minute, his character's like actually not going to be able to play anymore. And now, oh, and obviously they yeah. were, it's a game and they were fine, but it was, it was a, you know, a small moment of. It got them to think about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. In, in like you said, it, it is a game. So it's, it's a safe space. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, Nobody it's actually not, died. <laughs> right. It's not cramming life lessons and all these things in your face. It's sure. just kind of that subtle undercurrent that. You, you're you're thinking about it. You thought about it a little, and mm-hmm. maybe that will get them to keep thinking about it. But yes, yeah. it's so powerful. I think, um, especially as you you're a character longer, and you develop like this connection, and you you can start oh, yeah. putting really putting yourself. Yes. what would this character think? What would mm-hmm. I think? And then. I, I remember this past week, it was uh, my one year anniversary of the game I'm running. So mm-hmm. it was it was the big it was the first real big fight they had. Sure. Yeah. Lead up. It was it was our, our first weekend game. So it was going to be the long session. I warned them ahead of time. It's going to be a long session. Sure. 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 Stuff going on. But it's like leading up to it. Like some of the players just like I am terrified that we're, yeah. we're going to die or we're going to lose or okay how do I do this or who, who has all the potions how are we going to do yeah, this how are you, and, yeah, with, mm-hmm. and just seeing them I don't I don't want this to happen like right how, how can, okay how can we do this how can how can we succeed and I I love the idea that uh, 
people like you in your school and others around the country are doing something similar and starting to allowing students and, and young individuals to start down this kind of creative path. And yeah, who knows, maybe maybe they'll continue playing these characters in home games. Or yeah. What was as they go on? Yeah. What was cool? Actually, uh, one of the so a handful of the kids that I played with that second year, they actually started a campaign themselves and they met every week to play. Uh, they oh, met at cool. they met at someone's house and one of them ran the game. And and what I loved about it is they would come in. They would come and tell me about, well, this is what happened this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, um, and I know a lot of them. I know there's a D&D club into the, at the high school that they kind of um, filter into. So mm-hmm. hopefully they'll be able to continue that there. But yeah, it's. Yeah. And it's a club that's just grown. <laughs> and that's so good to see. It's so good to see. And I think with like with this pandemic and it really mm-hmm. uh, kind of elevated how easy it can be to play these games online, like with things yeah. like Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds or Tabletop Simulator, sure. or just even hopping in a Discord call. It's so e- it's so much easier to be able to keep playing, even though you were socially distanced. And that this is how I, honestly, the past like year and a half, my D&D nights online with my friends was how I kept track of time. Yes, 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 yes. So it's funny because... I didn't actually have besides for the stuff that I was doing at school and not last year. Last year was we mm-hmm. we played virtually too, but all of my games have been via Zoom or on Roll20. Mm-hmm. I've I've I have not had a long-term in-person game. So that transition that everybody was suddenly making, I was like, oh, this is this is this is pretty normal for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, especially last year, uh, TTRPGs in general really helped <laughs> mark the days. <laughs> they do that mm-hmm. for the summer yeah. for me, too, because as a teacher, similarly, I lose track of the day sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they but yeah, those were OK. Well, I know it's Tuesday because I know I have uh, I know I have D&D tonight. Mm-hmm. Or I know it's Thursday because I have Invisible Sun. So, yeah, I definitely feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it's been three days since D&D, so that means it's Friday. Got it. Yes. Okay. Counting on my fingers. Okay, so <laughs> that was, yep, okay. Exactly. It, that's so cool, though, that you, that your school is doing that, though. It, uh, so, so cool and fun. The kids seem to enjoy it. And it's 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 fun. It's fun to be a part of that, um, mm-hmm. that I'm not going to lie. I love making characters. So helping students as tedious as it can be. Mm-hmm. I love it. I feel, always feel a little rushed because I always feel like we never have enough time because I want to I'm one of those. I'm very narrative and role play focused. So I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. so like, tell me about your backstory. So I helped two students. They were they were actually twins um, and uh, they played characters that were secretly brothers, but they didn't know it. Mm-hmm. But they but these but like that's the thing. These kids come up with some fantastic things. So there was yeah. another party where this was not my group. Um, 
But there was there were two characters that were friends, but one of them was hiding like this really dark secret and the secret came out and then it was this whole thing. And they like they came up with that on their own. They just had the space to do it. Yeah. And the encouragement from from someone to be like, yeah, that's cool. Let's roll with it. Yeah. And how rewarding it must be for kids that age to be like, oh, they think it's cool. All this. Yes. I'm so excited to hear. Like, I can just imagine them being excited. It's like, oh, this is going to be so cool. Right. And and once you get the other players invested, then not only are you getting like this approval from some quote, like I say, I guess technically we are teachers. So authority figure, Mm -hmm. but you're also getting that from your peers because they're also excited and they're trying to figure out how they're going to work around whatever big secret you've revealed. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you, and then, and then the story starts to become collaborative and that's, and that's what you want. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love it when the, uh, players start sharing their theories. Yes. I don't know if the students do that much, or if your students do that much, but when they start throwing, I think this is going to happen. Or I think this is what's, what's going on behind the scenes. It's like, Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Just hearing them like talk amongst themselves, like what's going on or what could be happening. They, they did that a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of them are just so excited. They just want to jump right in and they're not really, cause you know, their, their frontal yeah. lobes are still developing, <laughs> Oh yeah. but, but they do that a little bit, but as somebody who is that person, okay. But like, what if this is this? And then that's, mm-hmm. but like, what if this happens? Okay. Yes, even mm. like the smallest taste of that from the students gives me joy mm-hmm. because I am that player. Like, hey, yeah. wait, do, you, do you think this is going to happen? But like, what if this happens? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Wonder what that could mean. I'm sure. Did it's you fine. notice how this? Did you notice how this NPC said this thing? That seems strange, don't you think? Yeah, and they were and they were wearing this. Oh, yeah, interesting. Oh, I didn't it probably mean didn't something think of that before. I don't know what it yeah. means, but it means something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious, like, how long has the group been in your school? So it's only been for a few years. So, ow. Um, so I guess I was only a part of it the past two years, because like I said, I, I'm actually kind of new ish to the game. Mm hmm. The, the the DRPG community, um, mm-hmm. and then but there was a there was a couple there was a year at least one year before there might have been one before that and I just was just so unaware of it mm-hmm. I'd be surprised our school is small but so three years oh, so cool. and it's and it's grown every year yeah I was last curious year. have you guys have you seen growth or like more and more students kind of join so last year last year was tough um last year was tough because of the pandemic and you know we were all we were all playing virtually but mm-hmm. you know internet is is not as stable there's a lot of other factors that go into play that make it more difficult for students to be able to hop on for a, a consistent time every day same yeah. week um but the week before the the week the year before that we had we had let's see we had one two three four five groups mm-hmm. five groups and a waiting list and those groups were 
were. Oh, wait, no, it had to have been a next year. There's a whole nother year mm-hmm. because I played I played. So it's been at least four years. OK, I was like, it has to be longer than time has no meaning anymore. I blame the it's pandemic. Yep. Um, I DM'd last year, the two years before I played. I was like, I played two different characters, though. <laughs> um, so the first year I played, we had, I think, three groups. The second group, second year, we had six and a waiting list. And those groups, our group had at least six players, maybe mm-hmm. seven. Um, so we so the the groups were big and we had a waiting list and which was the only reason why I think we were like character deaths or, you know, if 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 somebody's doing now. Obviously, we're trying to be a little a little like give some leniency where we can. Yeah, because frontal lobe. But <laughs> but when uh, but if a character did die, mm-hmm. we had tons of people that were wanting to jump in and play. Um, so, yeah, we went from one random group of kids that were kind of playing, kind of just like exploring characters mm-hmm. to three groups to six with a waiting list. <laughs> Wow, that's fun to think about. Yeah, that's that's great growth. Are you seeing uh, more young girls also kind of getting into the hobby? Yes. So we actually, yeah. So it's actually a pretty, it's a pretty good blend. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good balance um, because when actually we were making groups, that was something there were a lot of factors that we were trying to be mindful of. Um, some of it was legitimate party composition just because for, for just to help them out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and some of some of the people just really wanted to heal everybody. We had a lot of clerics. Wow. That was the thing. We had a lot of rogues and dragonborn the first year. And then the second year we had a lot of um, we had a lot of. Actually, I want to say the second the second year we had a really good balance in races and maybe even classes. I think we had a representation for every single class. Wow. Um, but yeah, we we've seen we've seen pretty good balance in in numbers. Um lots of lots of the our our fem students uh joining and and popping in and doing so confidently. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's, so that's great. been, yeah, that's great to hear. Uh, I, I love to hear the hobby will live on. Like, yeah, I mean, really, I feel like it's more popular than ever now. And more, <gasps> sure. so, much more accept, <laughs> so much more accepted. Yeah. Like, oh, you play D and D. That's cool. Um, so good to see. Well, so good to see and hear. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that's it's more accepted and and you know, there's of course there's all the critical role hype and and all these other shows are popping up and mm-hmm. and I think D&D people I think the expansion of recognizing that D&D can be played a lot of different ways. Yeah. 
Like you want to go for the the like gritty, lots of combat, lots of like dungeon crawly stuff. Go for it. You mm-hmm. want to play this long narrative, lots of mystery and suspense and all the pieces coming together at the final moment. Go for it. There's just so many different ways to play. And I think that in and of itself has provided an opportunity for people to come into the hobby that maybe didn't feel like they had a place before. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the reasons I was afraid. I felt like I felt like I wasn't going to enjoy it because I I personally, like I said, I prefer a more narrative role play kind of, you know, really diving into the character and the feelings of that character and I I just assumed everybody just did dungeon crawls and just fought all the time, which don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I can enjoy some good combat, but that's not what I that's not the kind of D&D that I want to play. And so having the door open to me in a way that let me play D&D in a way that was fun for me. Yeah. And acknowledging that that's not the same for everybody. That for me was huge yeah. as a player. I think. Yeah, and I think I think the perception is from the outside a lot of that it is just that kind of dungeon crawl. Oh, you walk yeah. around a dungeon, you fight dragons. Dungeons and dragons, yeah. More, <laughs> yeah. It, oh, so you just walk around in, in a dungeon and fight dragons. That doesn't sound cool. And I think that's still very much at the forefront of a lot of uh, preconceived notions that sure. people have yeah. about the game. Or tabletop RPGs. Granted, there are so many RPG so systems. So many out different there, systems now, yeah. Um that I feel so many of them deserve so like eyes on them. Mm-hmm. And um but like I, I and you mentioned this with shows like Critical Role or uh, events like D D Beyond or like Celebrity and D where they have uh, actors playing it yeah. or um, G4 and those things playing it yeah. or the Jasper's game day events with yes. the, the suicide prevention stuff like that I think it's showing that and and like just going on Twitch you will always find people playing games yes. doing actual plays it, that we're I think we're going to start seeing that the that notion oh you just fight dragons and you walk through dingy dungeons will yeah. will break away as oh no i mean i've never i've played in games or i've watched games and they never see a dragon or they're always yeah. out in like the countryside or a forest nothing about dungeons sure and yeah I, and that's what excites me uh, and or when more games get streamed or talked about like werewolf or vampire the mask yes. smaller systems or star wars the star wars ones that are still tabletop role-playing games and you can make characters and do all these things, but aren't Dungeons and Dragons. Right. I think um, that, that, that will help a lot, but it's just so exciting that it's so played so much more and experienced by so many more people. I love hearing even older adults that played like second edition or advanced Dungeons and Dragons coming back and be like, yeah, this is kind of cool. I want to try. Yeah. Uh, playing again. Like um, one of my groups, we try and meet like outdoors, we'll play at like breweries. Yes, um, that's awesome. Or, or bars. And every time we do, we'll always have whether it's one of the bartenders or uh, one of the people at the brewery watching us play. And it's like, oh, I played this when I was younger. Or, oh, I remember that's this. That's so or, I, cool. I remember that. 
I will always have someone come up to us and talk about it. And it's like, oh, what are you playing? Oh, that's so cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. It's such a good hobby. It really is. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I after I got a little bit into it, I discovered that my dad apparently played it when he was in college <laughs> with his roommate. And I was like, what? He still had his old. He still had. He still had his books. They were old. They were falling apart. (laughs) But I was like, "What is this?" He and I would maybe not enjoy the same kind of game. He would definitely just be like, "Let's go to a dungeon and fight a dragon." (laughs) Barbarian. I hear you. Yep. (laughs) But yeah, like uh, my, uh, I I I took it as a point of pride when my fifth edition uh player's handbook the binding of it like separated for some pages so yes. i just had like loose so pages like, it's like yep. yes it's well worn it's 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 well loved <laughs> it's well loved exactly We're doing and something my fiance right. just rolled her eyes when i was like look babe look and it's like what your your, your, book your stuff broke. is sorry, breaking do you, do, do you want a replacement i don't know what you're trying to tell no. me here like, no <laughs> never this is good this it's is everything forever. I wanted. <laughs> I've always wanted a falling apart player's handbook. It's perfect. Just the way it is. <laughs> oh, look, this was the pizza stain from 2016. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, what a good what a good session that was. Oh my gosh. Uh, and <laughs> I love uh the dice. Uh my di- the dice addiction. Right. I can never I, have too many cool dice. I just I I I I didn't get it. And then I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't get it. There's just something so rewarding. It's just so good. The, every every time the, I yeah, oh, I yes. The sound, the feel, the look of new dice, the expectation of new dice coming is like, "Oh, how are they going to yes! roll?" Yes. Yes. All of it. All of the above. Yeah. There's something beautiful about it that I can't quite explain. <laughs> there really is. It, it's like, but I feel it. it. It's like, why do you have so many dice? Because I need that many dice. Why don't you have more dice? Is the real question. No. I play with You're the odd one yeah, here. You I've, only have four sets of d, uh, four sets of dice. That's weird. That's strange to me. I don't understand. I have a friend who I play with. He has, I think, he has a few sets of dice. He mm-hmm. only uses one for everything. How, right? How? How can you associate with someone like that? I, it's I feel like it's that's, very hard. He's full of life and joy. And, you know, I suppose this, well, is, this is the one thing I will have to forgive. But we we give him a hard time a lot <laughs> for it. <laughs> it's like, wow. Oh, my god! I can't even imagine only like you have like most attacks are like you roll XD amount of dice. Right. Are you just rolling it eight times? I don't understand. You've clearly never played a high level rogue. That (laughs) is not efficient. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) I have a I have a bunch of small D sixes inside a giant D six for all my D six rolls. And I need them. I just I need all the dice. Every single one of them. I can't even imagine only using right, right. It, I, I say it, and I don't. I feel like I'm, I'm making things up, but it's not. Yeah. It's the truth. 
Like, I have a set of dice in a display thing that just says, in case of dungeons or dragons, break. Oh, my gosh. And it's just, like, behind a pane of glass. It's like, I have a a dice, a set of dice dedicated for a a wall, like, wall decor. Yep. That's how much they matter. Yep, they do. They matter. I, yep, I, and I typically, so... My dice, uh, it's not really a tradition, but typically I have three sets of dice. And mm-hmm. if I have a, they're usually character centric in some way, shape or form. Right now I am playing a multi-class ranger uh, druid. It was not supposed to be a multi-class, but, you know, sometimes the game happens and you decide to multi-class. Um, yep. <laughs> and I have two sets. One is like her druid dice and one is her ranger dice. And then one's like, if she's got advantage on something, I'll, I'll, I'll roll them because they're really pretty and we're a gift from mm-hmm. someone in the game. Um, and last game, I literally stopped mid roll because I had picked up the wrong one because I was casting a ranger spell. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It and matters. I just have to say, I, I, it does. <laughs> and I love that, like, every tabletop rpg player that's probably listening to this right now is like oh yeah totally i mean that totally yeah, totally sense. get it of course of course checks out of course you don't use the the warlock dice when you're rolling ranger no, spell I like don't, of course that's ridiculous <laughs> that's blasphemous that's like eating cereal with water you know it, right it's, you just, it's, don't, you just do don't do it, do it. <laughs> exactly see i i'm we all get it like we're in this group this club <laughs> Of tabletop RPG. We know it. We we know what's going on. We get it. We're all on the same page. We do. Except for my friend. That's okay. We'll forgive him. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel there's got to be... I think he probably... I feel like he maybe they roll the dice afterwards or something. Like, just to, like, you know... I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like there was a time when I only had one set, but it was literally because I only had one set. Once yeah. I had more sets, all bets were off. I was rolling anything yeah. I could get a hold of. Yeah, and you can get like nice sets of dice for like seven bucks. I mean, like diehard dice and right? stuff. Right? Like, you can get nice looking dice, and you should want to roll the dice. But to each but their own. To each their own. You know, it's fine. What works for you is wrong. To, you it, know, what works for that person is wrong. You know, but, you he's know. trying, but that's okay. Right. Exactly. Well, still having fun playing at a table with him, and you know, I guess I guess I'll just have to take that for what it is. <laughs> you know. I sometime you might just have to step in and like take his dice when he's not looking and be like, I don't know where they are. You might have to roll another set of oh dice gosh. just to be safe. I wonder what he would do. See what he does and then be like, oh, by the way, I slide the handed your gonna, other dice. So here you go and see, and see what happens. Legitimately going to ask him what he would do. Give him give him the taste of another set just of dice. Just be like, what is it? Do you do you I think you should just like just just see what it feels like. Just see what it feels like. You'll like it. Just just do it once. One time. It's okay. Just one time. Just one time. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just try it. And Healthy the, peer just, pressure. <laughs> yeah. Dice peer pressure. Dice peer pressure. Uh, it, it's good time. for dice. Bad for drugs. Bad so for, don't bad for pre- a lot of other things, but yeah. okay for dice. <laughs> yeah. Good friends will, pre- or will peer pre- try and peer pressure their friends to try and roll other dice just try it and if you hate it you know we'll try, try again another we'll set try, of dice we'll try a different set <laughs> yeah exactly just try another set then 
Oh my gosh. Oh, and that's, yeah. that's how you do it. That is how you do it. It's the plan. Yep. But we are not the only individuals that obviously love this hobby. And a bunch of people also have thoughts on how they would improve or would like to see in additions and various tabletop RPG systems. So we are going to go around the web with the question, what feature or mechanic would you like to see added to Dungeons and Dragons or tabletop RPGs that you play? First up, we have user way overpaid from Reddit. They say, I basically always want to see rules for large-scale battles. That said, I want rules for large-scale battles that answer intelligently what the player characters are doing during those large-scale battles. In a mouse guard game I was running, I ended up greatly adapting the rules so that after the commander actions are made clear, but before the dice are rolled, the individual player could take risks of injury to provide bonuses. So if the commander chose to defend and got fainted, the heroes could risk a rescue op to provide some resistance. If the commander chose attack versus an enemy attack, they could choose to lead the charge, adding bonus dice as a result of their actions to the commander's role. It was nice to zoom in on heroic actions and zoom out to how the army was doing. Dungeons and Dragons needs a completely different touch. I envision a tenth level. I envision tenth level and up heroes joining the battle like Sauron in the opening of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Just a singularly massive guy felling men with each blow. A twelfth level fighter in D and D should be fighting swarms of common soldiers. It's an artifact of my game master style, but I basically want every big finale to have a "We're all here." Feel. Oh yeah. The the portal scene from Avengers Endgame is my jam. <laughs> but you know what I don't want to do? Roll for 50 NPCs. That is so real. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to roll for 50 NPCs? Why not? It sounds like a great imagine? time for everybody, honestly. Can you imagine if your friend that only rolls one set of dice to roll for 50 NPCs? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the game, that would be the whole game. would just be rolling yeah. the die. Roll for 50 to hits, and then like... Oh my gosh. Then for each oh. That Yeah, that sounds super effective. That is a tabletop RPG player's uh version of hell, in my opinion. Just that, someone Yeah, I would agree. Roll single dice for everything. <laughs> but no, I think that I think that is definitely an area I agree with way overpaid is I don't feel there's a really good official way to deal with like large battle at Helm's Deep like situations. Yeah, I so it's interesting when I was re when I was when I was like reading slash hearing, you know, I've had a few big battles in combat in D&D, mm-hmm. but they were all kind of navigated in a very loose, mm-hmm. um, you know, every round, everyone would take a little bit of damage. You would get to roll for your damage, but there was no like official uh uh, turn order or anything. Yeah. There was no initiative um, because of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was a very loose way of kind of. And there were moments of like the heroic moments, uh, but that was it was basically a here's the battle. You get the general idea of do you win? Was- do you lose? Mm-hmm. And then if you won, how much damage did you take in the effort to get there? Yeah. But even that was super loose. Yeah. I think that would be a great 
area to kind of expand on. Yeah. I, I agree with uh, Way Over Pig. Because nobody, yeah, 50 NPCs, can you imagine how long one turn would take? It would oh, take the whole session. <laughs> it would be awful. That poor, that poor DM. Oh. Like, there's, can you imagine? Just I, I can't. Just track of things. Okay, these groups have swords, these groups have arrows. Your list, your initiative order is is ridiculous. Now, mm-hmm. I guess you, like I said, there's not really, it's like you said, there's not really any, or like they said, there's not really a set system. Yeah. So, like, I've seen, I've also seen it done where people roll for the NPCs and they all have the same initiative and they just kind of, but even then they're usually rolling for the attacks, which is Mm -hmm. lots of time and lots of stuff to keep track of. And Game Masters already have a lot to keep track of. It's true. It's true. So, yeah, let's, yeah, I agree. Get on it, Blizzard, or Wizards. Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, fix, make Let's it, go. make it, make it so. <laughs> oh, I, I like the Picard reference, uh, the Star Trek reference. Hey. <laughs> uh, uh, you want to take the next one? Sure. Uh, this is from, oh goodness, user uh, Ananjitha? We'll go with that. Ananjitha. That is probably, that's probably inaccurate. Anania Jitha? Anania Jitha? That sounds probably, that new sounds right. All right. I apologize for mispronouncing your username. Uh, for Savage Worlds, options for players who don't want a stark divide between wild cards and extras because the divide's not appropriate to every genre. Guidance for the quick encounters rules, how to adjust difficulty. That's real. Mm -hmm. How to interpret mixed results, etc. As written, the larger the party, the worse their chances of success. Hmm. Some edges and hindrances are written for the miniatures, miniatures rules and don't translate to theater of the mind or quick encounters. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Alternatives where they can affect quick encounters would help, especially if players are using characters built for the standard rules in a purely narrative, in purely narrative campaigns. For many other systems, disability rules. Fate has the accessibility toolkit. Savage Worlds has hindrance rules, already include some disabilities, and can be adapted to others. Pathfinders often praise for character customizations, but the core rules don't address many disabilities or address how to balance them. There are reasonable arguments about whether to balance them, uh, but if you don't, there's already a lot of pressure to create characters who can fight, etc., just as effectively as every other character, and that becomes pressure to play abled characters instead of disabled ones. A hundred percent. And I like, uh, I think the inclusion, like things like the battle wheelchair and, uh, various equipment that D and D has added. Uh, but Mm -hmm. adding not rules or something that rewards or, uh, makes those with various disabilities, like, feel welcome and that like they can be a few like a fantasy version of themselves like you can be a hero yeah Yeah. that it doesn't stop you it yeah i think that's important i and i agree with that the savage world's rules sound interesting i haven't played savage rules myself but i'm definitely i haven't either i am also intrigued but yeah i definitely i definitely agree and i i 
I, I like the point that they made. Like, you know, there's a lot of pressure to create characters that can fight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that sometimes like becomes pressure to play an abled character. Yeah. Um, instead of a disabled character and, and anyone can be a hero. Yeah. And period. <laughs> like, I just imagine, like, one of your students or something who might have a disability feeling like they, they have, that they can't be a hero unless they are able to. Unless they you know? no longer have. Right. Yeah. And I think. Or have something to, yeah. It, it, and I think that's such a bad message. And not that yes. they're purposely doing that, but adding in rule sets or. Not concessions, that inclusivity but matters. things yeah. that address it, but make it still like, that's perfectly fine. You can still do, be yeah. your hero, or you can do what, you can cast spells, or you be the super cool still slay the creature. dragon. Exactly. Yeah. You can still find the treasure, slay the dragon, be the hero, and heroine. Yeah. And be celebrated across the land, you know. Exactly. Um, so... I, I, I agree. I I'd love to see that. I agree. I definitely agree with this one. Next. A plus. Yep. A plus plus. <laughs> Next up, we have user Fish Trader from Reddit. They say pushing rules from Call of Cthulhu 7th edition basically brings narr narrativist style gameplay with negotiating, con with negotiating consequences to a game that otherwise has traditional gameplay without overhauling the entire system. Overly, only relevant outside of combat as failed skill checks in combat have their own consequences. Pushing shines in the area of non-combat skill checks because it gives you something to do besides simply succeed or fail and move on. The chase system from Call of Cthulhu 7th edition. Overall, I think the entire system could be pulled out and used as a framework for creating skill challenges but with movement and a limited range of choices in traditional RPGs and allowing the GM to abstract all sorts of scenes from chases, infiltration, wilderness exploration, and more. Hmm. I haven't played... I've never... I haven't played Call of Cthulhu, but I was Cthulhu, gonna say, I haven't played Call of cool. Cthulhu, but now I'm like, okay, but, like, maybe I should. <laughs> I'm, I, I would love, like... I love like the Arkham Horror board games. Like I'm also a fan of board games and stuff, and I love kind of the elder sure. Eldritch Horror stuff. And I think that would always be so much fun to 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 play uh, and kind of try out. And I've heard good things about Call of Cthulhu, so I might have to organize. Might have to like try it dive, out. yeah, because yeah, because I haven't I haven't had an opportunity to explore that. But maybe this is a sign. It is. It has to be. It has to be. It signed. has to be. We'll put together a small one shot. And we'll be like, "What? What's this all about?" Let's figure it out. That'd be I fun. don't know, but we're gonna we're yep. gonna find out. <laughs> yep. Okay, so our next uh, response is from user Paradoxus, but with a zero and two axles. Um, from Reddit, a system for tiers of success is demonstrated in Pathfinder 2E and in various other systems that exist. There should be more to most checks than a binary pass-fail. Here for this. Mm -hmm. I'd like to definitely see rules for vehicular combat, expanding on and hopefully simplifying the systems represented in Descent into Avernus and Ghosts of Saltmarsh. Better crafting rules, please. The system we have now is so terrible that it's just not worth it at all to try and engage in. 
Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. More varied and deep monster design. A lot of monsters in 5e feel very samey. They just don't have that many gimmicks or things they can do that differentiate an encounter with this monster from an encounter with that monster. Monsters should feel special and force the players to think outside the box, not letting them take the same approach to every encounter they face. As an add-on, a simpler t- a simpler a simpler to understand CR system that doesn't confuse new DMs. Ooh, that was a lot and a lot of it a lot of it I kind of agree with. Uh, I will have to say, uh, the one thing I disagree with with this is the CR system doesn't... Uh, so a CR system doesn't confuse new DMs. I would just say uh, a CR system that doesn't confuse DMs, period. Um, period. New, <laughs> old DMs. I, I, I see a number. It's like, sometimes it's like, okay, is this the CR... If, but like, if how a do party you, of yeah. four party members of that level means it's an equal challenge right right i don't yep i i you yep i i actually when i dm'd for my middle schoolers last year because i was i'm very bad at at balancing Mm -hmm. i'm hoping i'll get better but i'm very bad at balancing and i was trying to use like even with the D &D beyond like the the combat initiative tracker thing Mm -hmm. that kind of helps with that um yeah 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 um but agreed with the cr system yeah um i'm also going to i don't actually know a lot about the crafting rules and i feel like that maybe says something in and of itself <laughs> i don't think there's much like i don't think there's much in like vanilla fifth edition really to do to do in with terms it. Of, I think it's like yeah. make sure you have materials you and the proficiency and the ability or the tools and then you roll for it. I think that's pretty much what it is. I do know though and this is I'm not um sponsored or anything. I did back this Kickstarter but uh, uh <laughs> a homebrew content maker named by Kibbles Tasty had a um Kickstarter and they'll be releasing a book on with a couple new classes but greatly expands crafting creation alchemy oh. and stuff um so if you want uh kind of more stuff of this paradoxus check out kibbles and tasties uh compendium of craft and creation um okay, okay and you might find some more of that but i do agree that from out of, out of the gate there should be a better crafting system i agree with you so I also, uh, I have some mixed feelings about the system for tiers of success. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because I've, I've, I, in all the games I've played in, my DMs have been very, uh, creative in, mm-hmm. in their, in their delivery of whether I pass or fail in a specific check. Mm-hmm. I guess it would provide, it would provide a little bit of structure. Um, if yeah. in general, I don't know if I'd use it, though. Yeah, I think this one especially, it should be more... It's it's more of an onus placed on the DM. I think having a... Succeed spectacularly, it's no problem, but then it's sure. more on the DM. Maybe offer some suggestions on if things don't go quite, maybe something happens. Or, right. or have a table because, where you yeah. could roll if you want yeah. for repercussions. I love tables. <laughs> um, I think something like yeah. that would be great. Um, yeah, I, I would reference. agree with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, because every situation's different. So a 12 here might be very different than a 12 over there mm-hmm. in a different situation. Um, and as for the, it's funny we, when we're reading about this more varied, more varied and deep monster design. Um, I'm also not sponsored at all, but um, I was just thinking I got it's it's Monday. So I got some new page. I got some I'm getting some new Patreon content tonight um, from D&D, uh, who you might know, who you might know on Twitter. Um, he creates all kinds of fantastic content. Um, and and when he talks about creating monsters, this is this is exactly what he's like creating content for. So mm-hmm. he does monsters, he does NPCs and he does all those things with the intent of creating a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. And so that really stood out to me because that's something that he values a lot. Yeah. And I think tackles really well in his content. And I think this would be the dealing with monsters and making them feel very samey, kind of breaking away from that. I think this would be another great option or avenue where there could be just like a whole book dedicated to making monsters or altering encounters. like how you would do it or tips on lowering a difficulty of a creature besides just i'm gonna take away this ability and i'll reduce his hp by 100 hp to yeah you know which is which is what i typically do if i'm panicked i'm like oh clearly this monster is too strong (laughs) exactly and i made a mistake (laughs) oh i did i didn't understand cr um how do numbers work (laughs) how do i do um but I think having a a nice supplement that just deals with creating mon like custom monsters, creating or adjusting encounters beside outside of what I did, having tables is like okay, it's a young frost giant. What can I do with that? Yeah. Here are some things that you might be able to apply or mo- yeah. adjusting modifiers, things like that. I think w- would would benefit from this. So it would also give. Dungeon Master is more uh, um, flexibility without yeah. having to basically recreate all of the monsters, right? As a like, you you still have you still have the same base, but they give you some tools to kind of tweak and adjust as needed mm-hmm. um, in a way that makes sense, yeah, and fits for whatever you're using them for, yeah. And for if you are looking for something like this, there. Are plenty of like homebrew resources that you can take advantage of but our point is what should be added by the 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 creators themselves um yeah so um but i agree i think give more options can always be good more the ability to choose more option or customize is always good without forcing it on uh players and dms are is the best way yeah um Next up, we have user jmish8675 from Reddit. They say, Things that would require a massive system rework or a new system. More than binary success fails on saving throws. Yeah. Yep, we talked about that. (laughs) That's just a recurring theme. Skill points or multiple tiers of proficiency other than proficient and expertise. I kind of like that. Ooh, okay. Um, And things that could be added in a supplement, a real crafting system. Again, we've heard this before. (laughs) Uh, New, unique, and interesting (laughs) weapons, and a warlord class. Hmm. Okay. Well, a lot of these we've already kind of touched yeah. on because apparently a lot of people want them. Yeah. Um, and I'm, that crafting system. I am the, always fine with more magic items. 
and magic weapons. Always. Can never have too many to choose from. And I'm really intrigued by the skill points, multiple tiers for proficiency. Mm-hmm. I kind of really like that. Yeah, I do too. Not entirely sure how it would go, but that's that's not my job. That's your job, wizards. Figure it out. <laughs> I, I, but I kind of like that. Yeah, whether it's adjusting, like, uh, maybe Apprentice would get you, uh, like, maybe you're un, in, unproficient, you don't get your proficiency bonus or anything. Maybe if sure. you're an Apprentice, you get maybe plus one. You get, like, half? Yeah, half of your level's proficiency bonus... Um, journeyman, maybe you get base, master, you get maybe plus, like, 1.5 multiplier, and then expertise, you get your double. You get your double. See, that to me is, that's, I think that provides, that is, that is one thing. I, I think that does provide an opportunity to intentionally work towards. Mm-hmm. Gaining and and you know you can make it uh, you can make it a part of the narrative, um, but I think that adds a lot of dynamicism to a character and, oh, yeah. and uh, the building and growth of a character. Um, so I like that. I do. Too. I'm here for that. I I vote that. Yep. <laughs> do it, wizards. Wizards, are you listening? Please do. I hope you're listening. Please and thank you. Uh, if you are listening, please and wizards, thank you. If you are listening, wizards, I uh, am open. I would love a job. Uh, I will happily work for you <laughs> uh, to help you with all this. So hit me up. And uh, want to <laughs> take the last one, Mindy? Yes. Yeah, so our last one is from user T T P P A A R. Yeah, but like doubled um, from Reddit. T Parks from Reddit. Uh, maybe not added, but removed concentration. It's too restrictive of a spellcasting system compared to older editions. It did a great job balancing the game, but it doesn't let you feel like a true master of the arcane like older editions did. Also, varying levels of success and failures for how checks and saves are resolved. Pathfinder 2E came up with a good system for this. Also, hold your pants, everybody. Actual rules for crafting. (laughs) I'm seeing a trend. (laughs) But this this is good. It's like a lot of people want it and they're vocal about it. So yeah. So I'm I I ha- I'm intrigued by this concentration situation. I like that there are saves for concentration. I think it could be adjusted maybe. Mm-hmm. Um perhaps uh, it could I I like but I like it. Mm-hmm. If I'm concentrating on a spell and I get hit with a giant axe, it makes sense that I would have to like can I keep casting my spell and not yeah. be very upset that someone just hit me with a giant axe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, now, go ahead. No, I was going to say, funny enough, the concentration uh, comment spawned basically its own subtopic in in this. <laughs> oh, no. So it's about like 20 comments deep, but I thought it was really oh, interesting. Gosh. And I highly recommend if you're listening to this to go to the subreddit. As always, the links will be in the show's notes or the show's description. But go and check it out because there's lots, there's a lot of back and forth and discussion going on around this, and I thought it would be interesting to include because it's such a I'm, uh, not divisive but an intriguing concept uh, or conversation topic, I should say. That's fantastic. I'm gonna have to go check it out. I'll have. I will send <laughs> you the I'm, link after this. Because dang, 
Mm-hmm. Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> now Needs to be talked about. <laughs> I know. Along with crafting systems and uh, varying levels of success and fa- fa- yeah. failures. That's clearly hot topics. Those are the the takeaways from this. But I'm curious, Mindy, what would what mechanic or system would you tweak or change for like a sixth edition or something, or what you'd like to see in a supplement? Oh my god, that goodness. doesn't involve varying level of skill checks or the crafting system. Dang it! Yeah, I'm taking those off the table. Wow, that's a good question. Um. Um. I'm sure there's something that I could think of, but they're all like fleeing my brain. That's fine. I feel like one of my, I feel like one of my students right now. (laughs) Myself, I would love more rules or a supplement that expands all the classes post level 20. (gasps) Ah. Like give, okay, yeah. Give me like I, ten more I, levels. Yes, I second this. You know what? I might like more information on multi-classing. That'd be good. Just like if there's, I don't know, because there's not really any, or maybe there is, and I just have done. Well, I've just played whatever with with the DMs that I've had. I can't help myself. Apparently, that's mm-hmm. just a thing I do. Is I multi-class with my long-term characters mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't know I can't help it um and I've played I've played it differently in both games where I've done that mm-hmm. um so that would be the only thing that I might want some more structure on although yes give me more levels please yeah. I would love them to see and I don't know if this was in an earlier one or just in like Bald or Neverwinter Nights or Baldur's Gate I would love kind of advanced classes where it rewards you for doing multi-classing like you need x amount of levels in one class and of another class to then (gasps) unlock the ability for like a more advanced class i would be here for that i feel as the as a yep i vote yes all right wizards are you keeping are you taking notes please i hope you are there'll be a quiz (laughs) these are the things we would like to see see what you can do exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) But thank you, everyone, who submitted your suggestions. Uh, I think they're great. I love the idea and the concepts you're throwing down, and I would love mm-hmm. to see them all get added in one form or another, especially yes. crafting and um, varying levels of success. And I really, honestly, yes. I really like the proficiency thing, the varying proficiencies. Right? I'm really, really intrigued really by cool that. Idea. Not something that is ever on my radar but like now that it is it's probably gonna just stay on my radar (laughs) yeah and it could it could make for such an interesting kind of non-combat oriented campaign yes which is the kind of dnd i like there you go be great be great but yes thank you everybody as always as i mentioned down in the show notes you'll find links to both subreddits where you can add your own suggestions and i can't wait to read them Now we're on to now you listen to Mindy and I go on about the wonders of this game, this hobby, and what <laughs> it can mean. So, and maybe you're wondering, man, this is new. I don't know where to start. It's just so overwhelming. Well, we are here to help you and give you some tips and advice if you're just starting out. So, Mindy, what mm-hmm. tips or advice would you give to new players? I mean, this this should uh, be up your alley. You do this in, in your in the club. I do. 
Um, my tips, uh, my, my best piece of advice. And again, everybody's looking, um, for different, perhaps different kinds of games. Um, but I guess my best piece of advice is just communicate with your DM. Um, I think communication is the biggest thing, um, both in in helping you figure out what kind of story you want to tell and what kind of character or what kind of character you want to play. Um, I think that communication is the biggest piece in getting started. Um, and then, you know, from there, just don't be afraid to try things. Mm-hmm. It's okay to try things. It's okay if you try things and you have a bad role and it doesn't go well. That's okay. That's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, communicate, communicate, communicate. That's my biggest <laughs> advice is communicate before, communicate during, communicate after. Um, keep in mind that it's supposed to be fun. And, you know, if, if something doesn't feel fun or, or something of that nature, then talk, talk to, talk to your uh, dungeon master, talk to your game master and, and see if, you can find something that will make it more enjoyable um, for first time characters. I don't know. I tend to lean. I, I leaned into playing something that was similar to me because inevitably, and I don't, maybe this is just me, but inevitably with most of the characters that I have seen with most of the players that I've played with, there will be parts of you that come out in the character. That's okay. Sometimes you just got to embrace it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My characters always have a soft spot for kids. I can't turn that off. Um, so for your first character, maybe lean into that. Yeah. Great, great advice for me. I would kind of echo, there's no real wrong, wrong answer. Don't be afraid to role play. Don't be afraid to really dive into and try crazy things. That's part of the fun. Experiment. Think outside the box. And mm-hmm. yes, talk to your DM. If you like something, uh, if you like solving puzzles more than anything, let that let your DM know. Or if you like combat yes. or your role play, I assure you from a DM's perspective, we want to know what you like. Our job, our mission is to make sure you have a lot of fun, because when you're having yep. fun and you're getting into it, you're talking to your friends, your party members, you're strategizing, doing all that. That is when we get the, that's Start when we fun, have yeah. our fun. Like when we inspired you to do all this. So just think outside the box. Have fun. It's a game first and foremost. And like Mindy said, Mm -hmm. natural ones will probably lead to your your most cherished and hilarious memories you will ever have of this game. (laughs) Ever. That's, yep. It's true. And it's wonderful. So that is our advice. We are on to perhaps my favorite part of these episodes. Now, Mindy, are you feeling like you want to get classy or racy today? So it's funny because given the conversation, I'm feeling a little classy. I like it. Um, And here's why. Once upon a time, once upon a time, as I was driving home from work, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I decided, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a teacher class it would have to be like a support class, right? Or like right. a subclass of something. It didn't go anywhere. My brain didn't <laughs> go anywhere from that thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's been on my mind now because we've been talking a lot about school with TTRPGs. <laughs> okay. So you think in professor? 
Some kind of like professor, I like it. instructor. I love it. How effective are they in battle? I don't know. Well, maybe not very effective. Let's figure it out. Okay, so more brains <clears throat> and everything. How many hit dice you feel in like uh, the professor class should have? Honestly, they're probably squishy. It's probably a D. It might be a D8, but it's probably a D6. One D6. Okay, that works. Yeah. That works. Um, yep, now yep. proficiencies. Uh, oh, okay. Armor? Right, what are you right. thinking? Probably light armor, I feel like. I don't see a professor walking yeah, around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like definitely. more like a, a magic y class in terms of what they can use. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Weapons. Definitely somewhere, almost somewhere between like a wizard and a bard. Because, like, I the like squish it. of a wizard, but the. Yeah, charisma that's in my brain. Of a bard. Yeah, charisma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. I love that. Um. It's probably simple weapons, you think? Yeah. I like it. I no weapon. No weapon proficiencies. <laughs> no. Simple. None. None. Simple probably works. Uh, books. We'll put books. They use books as their weapons. Knowledge of the mind. I throw them and I learn from them. Tomes. <laughs> books slash tomes because this is a fantasy world. So they're Here tomes. Um, yeah, they're fancy books. Tools. Also books. Calligraphy? Is that a thing? Uh, a is writing that a, kit. Is that a tool? I think there's writing like a, kit. I think there's like a writing kit. Do I know? Do I know? To- I should know things. Um, maybe an alchemy set? Because they're they, like a scientist. Oh, maybe. Thing? Yeah, I could go for that. I could go for that. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're proficient in books, or well, I'll just take books off because I don't think that's act- <laughs> that's just reading. Um, so tools are proficient with writing kits and alchemy kits. I think that I mm-hmm. think that makes sense. Um, saving throws. I like the charisma th- idea you had with they're kind of bardish. Um, yeah. So char- I would say charisma, and then probably wisdom or intelligence. Just as a brief side tangent, can I just say I still have very little idea, and I cannot wrap my head around the difference between intelligence and wisdom. That's okay. st- that still throws me. That's fair. So the way that I have always uh, described and prescribed to intelligence and wisdom is intelligence is you know your your technical know how your. Um, reading books, doing the study, doing the work, and your wisdom is more like experience-based and um, intuition. So like empathy, sympathy, so like your insight stuff goes falls under that category. So it's why like your empathy, your, um, your intuition, uh, which can be grown from experience, like worldly experience, people's experience and intelligence is that's always how I've so intelli- intelligence is like book smarts, book smarts, street smarts kind of thing. So intelligence is knowing <laughs> how to start a fire. Wisdom is that fire is hot. Or don't yes. touch fire. Although you would hope both would know that it's hot, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, wisdom, I'm slowly getting I feel like intelligence so- then. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think you go intelligence. I feel like because like because they use books and tomes as like their weapons. I feel yeah, like they're really good sense. with like book smarts. They know their books. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. mean, a lot of professors write books and then sell them for that is crazy true. high prices every year. So that 
is also very true, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> now we're getting to the fun part. Their, their skills. So we're going to go up to level five of just like their okay. features. Up to level five. So what's like, what's your defining feature at level one? Like, what do you get as an instructor or a professor at level one by just becoming one? Oh, gosh. This is such a good question. Just by becoming. I feel like. I was going to say something is now my brain automatically goes to things that I'm familiar with already. Right. So like guidance pops into my head, like as a natural cantrip that you get as a, because you know, when you provide instruction right. or uh, support, they get a extra, they get a little extra boost of whatever it might be. Okay. Um, I think, Oh yeah. I don't, and like maybe, this is where I got this is yeah. this is where I got stuck when I was what if jokingly making class in my head? What if when kind of like how rangers get favored terrain? What if they have like an area of expertise and Ooh, okay, uh, maybe a creature type or a land type or something, and and that could be what they have. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I'm here for this. And maybe for like monsters that you would. Like, instead of a favored enemy, you would have, like, a favored, like, test subject. Kind of like a favored enemy, but instead of doing like more a, damage, you could instruct your you party or know how much, like, roll You to, could discern, yeah, like, a... Immunities like a, or distances like Yeah, or, like, a, like, a, like a hunter sense, yeah. almost. But it has to be specifically for... Okay, reskinned because you know them it's not mm. because you're studying and you sense them as a hunter you know right. this animal because you've studied them and you know a b and c yeah okay all right yes 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 love that of uh okay i think creature yeah i think that's like their main thing that they can uh kind yeah. of instruct the party it's like okay this is a bird maybe weaknesses that they might have they can help exploit or help the party exploit the the weaknesses of a creature. I like that. Yes. And that would that would play into the whole um kind of support role. Yeah. Which they'd have to be. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. For sure. For squishy. Sure. Squishy teachers. Um Um, let's see. They um uh, let's see. What could uh, I think inspiration. Uh, I think giving. Yeah, inspiration was the other thing. Yeah, because there's like the guidance cantrip is more like this is instructional, and like inspiration is like you. I'm inspiring you because like you can. I believe in you. You can do it. Yeah, instructional inspiration. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would basically, or maybe it wouldn't be so much in combat, but it would allow. Um, in maybe ooh. Maybe it's maybe it's a reaction. Mm. And maybe it gives a maybe it's only a D4, but you give or maybe it's just a straight plus your proficiency and you can use your reaction. Obviously, you'd have to limit it. But in my head, I'm thinking of a student that tries a problem and then gets it wrong. And I'm like, no, 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 just try again mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, like, reaction, so someone, uh, an ally... They can re-roll a save? 
or re-roll a check. Ooh, re-roll a save. Re-roll a check. One re-roll. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re-roll um, uh, a check. Skill check. A check. We'll do a skill check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, once, this like once per long rest. Yeah. Whatever. However, it has a limit. It has yeah. to have a limit, obviously. Yeah, I like that. And that, and then as you get higher in levels, you, you get, have more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I like it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, level three. Uh, subclass. Okay. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh. uh Prof, uh, subject proficiency or like an area of expertise or like sure yeah 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 uh, subject of you, choice subject of choice um, maybe anatomy <sighs> science history yeah and those stuff like that. various ones give you I don't remember how things work um, Double, maybe it gives you proficiency in anything that yeah, I was gonna say. So, like, s- some things would give you. Uh, what if, like, um, your subject of choice? So maybe you have like a, a you choose to you would t- tie it to like an intelligence or charisma sure. based things like that, and you would make it depending on mm. the, the subject you choose. You gain expertise in skill checks revolt that involve that modifier. Okay. Okay. I think that works for. I think that works. Or you would double your modifier for for things dealing with with certain subjects or so specific subjects. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Uh, fourth is ability score improvement. Man. Um, <laughs> and the other one can be improved. Instruction, maybe uh, yeah. uh, expert instruction where you could perhaps get more information on an enemy. So until you get this, yes. you couldn't find uh, find out maybe the language they speak or Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. More attributes that you could find out or tell about beyond your preferred just, enemy creature. Yeah, beyond just Yes. I like it. I'm here for this. I know. Good good choice. I, I'm digging the professor vibe. <laughs> I'm here for this. Look, you're not... Look at... It's doing stuff, sort of. I know, right? I'm actually pretty impressed because, like I said, when I was thinking about this in my brain, mm-hmm. I was I was seriously considering, like, eh, you know, this is maybe not the, the character that people want in the party. Which kind of makes sense. <laughs> but, I mean, that's support, though. I mean, you're... You're able to tell it's yeah. like, okay, hit this dude or this creature with fire attacks or don't do it with this or being able to tell yeah. like how close they are to death or maybe strategies or what abilities or uh, skills they might have. Like that knowledge in being able to accurately knowledge prepare. Power. I know. Being able to prepare your students <gasps> or your party members in this case to tackle and take on the world and succeed. That is a teacher. That is a professor. And you're all way undervalued. And it's a shame. And you should all be paid more than celebrities. <gasps> Thank you. Rant over. <laughs> I appreciated the rant. Of course. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah, I'm I'm pleased with our 
class. Yes, I, I agree. You picked a good one. You picked a good one. We did. Good teamwork. High five. Digital high five. There we go. Yep. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you so much for joining me, Mindy. This was so, so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. I had a really good time. Um, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, but no, thank you so much again. And for all you do with the kids and spreading creativity and just uh, giving, uh, creating and giving birth to the next generation of nerds that will be talking about D&D and these RPG experiences for years and years to come. Maybe one of them will start a podcast one day. You know it, and they'll talk about and they'll talk about they'll talk about this. I know, it'll be fine. It'll be great. It'll be- oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but no, where can people find you on the internet? What do you have going on? Go ahead and plug your stuff away. So you can find me on uh, Twitch and Twitter at Miss Mindykins. Uh, I'm a variety streamer on my own channel, uh, but I do tend to lean into the TTRPG. It's very much a TTRPG and school blend on my Twitter feed. Um, I'm currently in a, uh, a mini campaign uh, with the Faith Forge Academy um, where we are playing Kobold, uh, Kobold Press's uh, Scarlet Citadel um, on Wednesday nights. So that's, and that is a, a live play uh, at the Faith Forge Academy um, on Twitch. I think it might just be Faith Forge Academy. Um but the biggest place to check me out is on Twitter because I've got some stuff coming down the pipe uh, that you are going to want to maybe know about. So Ooh. that's the best place to keep up with my stuff. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I can't wait to see what you have cooking. And I can't wait to see what awesome question you pose to tw- the Twitterverse next. Uh, I always get a kick. Yes. So, <laughs> but uh, once more, thank you so much, Mindy. This has been a blast. And thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or share your own favorite memories of tabletop RPGs or RPGs you love directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. May you always roll 20s. Class dismissed. <laughs>